Due to moving and not having internet, this episode is being released a week later than Andrea intended. She and Nolan have decided to extend the deadline for the sale and her marketing courses to this Saturday, March 31st, 2018, at midnight. Go to selfpublishedstrongcourses.com and enter podcast launch one word at checkout to receive 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the self Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. Today, we are going to devote this entire podcast to marketing. We'll talk about our backgrounds, the mistakes we've made, what we're focusing on right now, and just give general marketing advice and tips. Um, this podcast will probably be going live in a couple of days this episode on Wednesday. We're recording on Saturday the 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yes. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I've got a little bit of green on me, and my husband isn't wearing any green I, at I all. I was. Thank you. And he's he's grabbing his, oh, his green shirt. Yes, there was green in your shirt. Thank you. But you're not wearing it around me. No. Do I need to? I'm supposed to pinch you. Need I fear your pinch? I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think he needs to. I don't, I don't like St. Patrick's Day. Okay, so do you want to... Let's see. I'm going to have Nolan give the quote this time, and he can give his thoughts first on it. Complaining isn't a strategy. Jeff Bezos, American entrepreneur, and the guy we make most of our money from and are dependent on. (laughs) (laughs) For everything. (laughs) So what do you think about his Um, quote? I think that's that's good. I, I mean, obviously complaining isn't a problem, but identifying problems is important. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I obviously agree with him, but I don't think people take enough time to consider what's really a problem and what isn't Mm -hmm. i guess so they complain about things that they can't change but then they also complain about things that they could change and stop complaining about it yes yes um so i guess the act of complaining isn't but i think it's important to identify things that bother you yeah i agree with that and by the way his name nolan did pronounce it right correctly it is bezos or bezos the spanish pronunciation is bezos um, but the American pronunciation, pronunciation, which is a mangled version of the Spanish, is Bezos. So I, I hear a lot of people saying Bezos and Bezos. None of those are correct. It's Bezos. So <laughs> anyway, so my thoughts on that is that marketing is difficult. We none of none of our listeners need us to tell them that marketing is hard. But one thing that you'll notice about successful people is the vast majority of them don't spend their time complaining. Basically, all of the successful people I know are optimistic. So the goal with with this podcast, we want to be optimistic and we want to be upbeat and remind people that it is possible to be successful authors, regardless of your circumstances. So we want to change how we view marketing and how we think about ourselves as marketers. So this is something that you can do. Pessimists give up and throw in the towel and optimists know and recognize mistakes. Then they learn and continue pushing forward. And, um, for a fantastic, I've got a fantastic way to change your thinking, which thereby increases your success and your productivity in my free course at selfpublishedstrong.com. And since I started using it, it's just, it's called affirmations, but I don't, I don't do it anymore because I've already reaped the benefits, but I did, I, I used this tip for several months. I don't know. How long would you say it was for at least two months before we moved here, and then for about a month after we lived here, and it really, really helped. And a lot of my productivity is tied back to when I started doing 
my little that little tip in that course on selfpublishedstrong.com and it's free so go and grab that coffee go and grab your your copy of it your, your copy of this digital thing that <laughs> get access to the thing yes get access to the thing <laughs> our tip for the day is the fifth email in your automation sequence and this is the basic automation sequence that I've built all of my automation sequences on ever since and my course automation sequences is still on discount. All of them are actually 50% off until Saturday night, which is a week from today, Saturday the 24th, March 2018 at midnight. And you can get them for 50% off using podcast launch, one word, uppercase as your coupon code at checkout. And that's on selfpublishedstrongcourses.com. Anyway, so I go into great detail of in that course on how to use this automation sequence regardless of which what position you're in if you have one book if you have multiple series and all of that anyway so the fifth email you send it seven days after your the fourth email and the content in it is you invite people to your street team and you basically want to tell them how much you appreciate your readers and want to give back to them make it about them and not about what you get out of the street team so don't say you know don't be like hey um I need reviews and I need you to give me reviews. So come join my street team so you can give reviews. You want to talk to them and tell them about what they're going to get out of it. So they get your free books, free books from you for life in exchange for an honest review. And I, I do specific giveaways for my street team. In fact, right now I've got a Kindle Fire giveaway going on that expires tonight. And it's just my way of thanking my super fans. And it's, you know, it works really, really well. They really appreciate it. Anyway, so that's the fifth email, and like I said, it comes seven days after the fourth email. So let's get into the marketing podcast episode. We don't have any questions from listeners. Oh, speaking of which, in future marketing episodes, we're going to take questions from listeners who support us on Patreon. So go to patreon.com forward slash strong, and we will answer specific questions, your specific situation, and give you advice like what we would do if we were in your place and and try and we'll tailor it to your situation just to make things as useful for you as possible. Anyway, so this one we don't have any questions because we've only been live for a few days now. <laughs> Nolan, what um what experience, what background do you have in marketing? We haven't actually talked about this before, but me none really, but I do data analysis all the time. At where work? My job, yes. Yeah, your job. Sometimes I do lots of spreadsheet things, and uh, marketing is a lot of spreadsheet things. Yeah, it really is. I mean, data guy, right? Yeah. He uses spreadsheets, right? <laughs> or, yeah, programs that crunch data from big blocks of data. Yeah. What are those called? I can't think. Machine learning. Um, yeah, all that stuff, but yeah. Yeah, from Amazon and all that. Yeah, so Nolan has a mind for data, and so that's been hugely beneficial in our relationship. I've got... In our relationship. In our, in our marriage, whatever. <laughs> I'll relate. We do have a relationship. I mean, isn't a marriage yeah. a relationship? No, totally. It's totally. <laughs> now are you going to be all hurt? <laughs> He's like, no comment. <laughs> he is smiling, though. <laughs> anyway, so my my background in marketing, it's I'm, I would have to say it's mostly in the blood. I've been marketing as an indie author for seven, eight years now. But I did know marketing before then. Um, 
My mom was in charge of the Utah Home Educators Association conferences or conventions. So her job was to get people to the conventions. And so she did a lot of marketing and it makes her excited. So I, I didn't know this about her until last year. You know, I was like, why do I love marketing so much? And she's like, I love marketing. I was like, really? So marketing is something that this excites me. And I apparently get that from my mom. Anyway, I'm nearly as passionate about it as I am about writing. And just a little bit about me. You're probably wondering, a lot of you who don't know me, I think at this point, our only listeners are people who do know me, but... Hi, mom. <laughs> yes, my mom. I know there's a bunch of authors that listen to from my bookmark, bookmark, book... What is that group? What's my, the name of my group? Book, uh, book bookmark, uh, book, bub and book bub promotions and more. Book, bub promotions. Anyway, hi, guys. So just, just for those who don't know me very well, I've... Um, I've guest posted on Joe Conrad's blog. My entire guest post was about marketing and that that guest post was what really got me started down the nonfiction side of being an author because I had so many people comment saying, this was so helpful. Do you have a book and where's your book and can I buy your book? And I was like, uh, I don't have a book. <laughs> Didn't even occur to me to write a book until I posted that, that post. And so I did, I wrote a bunch of books. They're my non, you know, my self-published strong books that are you know, basically all of this, you know, how to build a newsletter list and all of those things. And I've been invited to teach at multiple conferences and podcasts. In fact, this, by the time a lot of you listen to this, this won't be um, pertinent information anymore. But on March 23rd, this coming Friday, the first ever Utah, uh, I think it's called the Big Book Marketing Symposium, Utah's Book Marketing Symposium is happening in the Viridian Event Center. And I will be doing an autumn, a presentation on automation sequences that will go in much more in depth from what we've actually what we've actually covered here and I'm really stuttering a lot right now I apologize to everybody it's been a rough last few days not just because of the house but there's been a lot of stuff going on right now our toddler is sick yet again he's been sick how many times this year so far at least three but he's teething so yeah we're in March and he's been sick at least three times and this kid is not a gentle sick person he is needy he is very needy <laughs> when he's sick and so we don't get sleep and i don't get anything done he's constantly he's very very touchy he needs to be comforted by physical touch and so he's always needing people holding him i will do my best to ramble through this but anyway so yeah that that utah book marketing symposium is friday so come check it out if you hear this on time in time i went to a business master class put on by dean wesley smith and christine Cass catherine rush in oregon and in my introductory email, I admitted to people that I love marketing. So I was like, you know, if you want to talk about marketing, let's, you know, let's hang out. And I didn't actually expect anybody to take me up on that. But the very, very first day, I had several authors approach me saying, hey, what do you know about marketing? And, and so I asked, answered the questions and they came back and asked more questions. And I realized that what I have to teach is valuable, that it's something that clicks for me that doesn't click for other people. And I sent an email to the group and said, hey, if anybody wants to talk marketing, um, hit me up for lunch, breakfast, or dinner, and we'll talk. And uh, after the first two days, I only I never had another meal alone until the end of the conference. And this was a nine-day event. And every single meal was taken up by authors who had marketing questions. And there are questions in between sessions and at the end of the day and before breakfast. And these are some of them are big-name authors with movies and lots of credentials. And they were asking me questions. And it was humbling and thrilling. And I, you know, Joanna Penn was like, you need to start a podcast and you need to start building your nonfiction brand. And, and it was just really 
eye-opening to me that I was like, I can actually help people more than I have been. You know, these the conferences are all local that I go to, and and I want to be able to teach people what I'm passionate about. And so, I mean, this told me I have some, I have strengths where other others have weaknesses. And it's also, but it also taught me that it's really easy for me to fall into the marketing rabbit hole and never come out because despite how much I love marketing, I am a writer and I die if I'm not creating stories. And so basically to prevent myself from getting sucked into, into this marketing hole and never writing again, I created my courses, my nonfiction books. And that's why we started this podcast was so that I can get that itch out of my system, that need to teach and help other people out of my system while still being a mom, a wife and an author. Just a little, another little note, not all of my ads take off immediately and not every marketing campaign works. In fact, in the beginning, pretty much everything we did failed, right? Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we spent a lot of money doing stuff that wasted our time completely. But you know, we felt like we were doing something and then we were really depressed and disappointed when nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now that I know, like quote unquote, know what I'm doing, I still fell. Uh, but the vast majority of our of our big promotions do bring in an ROI and promotions that we don't give a half butt attempt to, um, you know, they end up working out. Most of them, yeah. And it's pretty, that's that's encouraging. Um, anyway, so Nolan's right there with me. He hears about pretty much everything that's going on out there when I do, because if you haven't noticed, I'm a talker. And he's totally fine with me experimenting and trying new things, which, by the way, is is a big relief. I know that it, not everybody has supportive spouses. He's been supportive from the very, very start. Uh, I actually have an author friend who whose husband did not like what she was doing until she got successful enough to buy him a truck. And then he was like, sure, baby, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Where's my truck? Yeah, where's your truck? I've been supportive from the beginning. Where's my truck? <laughs> anyway. All right. Okay. So like I said, this episode, we're going to be talking about mistakes we've made. Uh, we'll lightly touch on promotions that have gone well and what we're currently focusing on. But for future episodes, we'll talk in depth about techniques and methods that other authors are using and whether they've worked for us or not. And like I said, we'll answer listener questions. So if you have any questions, go ahead and support us on patreon.com forward slash self strong and ask away and we'll answer yours in the next or a future episode dedicated to marketing. All right. I do have a course called am I ready? And it gives, it's a free course. It's a great tool to teach you if you're ready or not. It's about 45 minutes of good tips and tricks and things like that to help you figure out if your book cover is ready, if your description is ready, basically to help you save money before you dive into a huge promotional campaign that won't end up working if you aren't ready. And you can find that at selfpublishedstrongcourses.com. All okay. So we tried out Goodreads, Google Ads. Um, neither of those worked very well for us. I would have to say that Goodreads, even the giveaways, took more time than the benefit we got from them. And then Goodreads actually, have you heard that they charge like five hundred dollars for giveaways now? Who does? Goodreads. No way. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. So you can give away your book, but they charge you a huge amount of money now. I'm not Stephen King. I can't afford five. Well, I can't afford five hundred dollars, but still, <laughs> I'm like you better give me some money back on that one. Yeah, no kidding. No, yeah, I think that they're trying to gear it to bigger authors and publishers and things like that yeah. because it takes out quite a bit of the, the riffraff people. Yeah. Anyway, we spent like seven hundred fifty dollars on Google Ads. And I doubt we got anything back from that. Yeah, it was really not a good experience. No, and you saw the the ads. I mean, they put our ads together and they weren't horrible, you know, but the the ad copy I used was really bad because I had no idea what I was doing. And people yeah, were then, probably laughing at them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was our first first ever online any marketing thing. So Yeah. And we have actually had BookBub features that haven't done well. You remember the one we did on Ember Gods? Yeah. Yeah. Book two didn't do well. 
Yeah, book. Well, the problem was is book one back then we had thousands of downloads on it, but only like one percent actually read through, and so it, there was no point in promoting book two when the people who got book one from BookBub never finished it, and so of course they're not going to download book two, you know. Mm -hmm. And we've done BookBub ads. Do you want to talk a little bit about the ads that we ran? Um, we ran one uh, an ad on a book we have in Kindle Unlimited, which I think is not ideal for BookBub ads. Which book was it? Shade Amulet. I can't yeah. remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I, they're they're better for wide books, uh, books on other retailers, not just Amazon. Yeah, and this is mostly we haven't had a whole lot of time to experiment ourselves, uh, because we've been focusing on Amazon and Facebook ads so much. Yeah. The the um. Audience is much smaller than Facebook. Oh yeah, or it's Amazon as well. Yeah. Yeah. So my expectations have to be different mm -hmm. um, from what I would consider. Like, what do you mean? I only got like three hundred impressions when I'm used to getting like a th ten thousand impressions on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. You know, in like a couple of days. But I mean, it is very targeted. I like their system; very easy to use. Their data is very good. Yes, it's like um, I look at it and I cry when I see Amazons. Yeah, no, the, it's very intuitive. It's nice. I like it. Um, so I want to get into it more. I just haven't had the opportunity. I'm too busy trying to jungle, juggle, jungle, <laughs> juggle. Well, jungle too. Yeah, there's lots going on in the jungle. There is lots going on. Um, Amazon ads. Um, on top of your full-time job, on top of moving, yeah, on top of two kids. And... Yeah, it, I I want to try it with a book we have wide. Mm-hmm. The box set would be ideal. Exactly. Once we tackle yeah. That. Uh, so, like now that I've done it, I I realized that the book I was using wasn't the most ideal one to target or to to use for that. Yeah. So um, when I do get the opportunity, I'm going to try something different. The the thing I don't like about their ads is they're tiny. Yeah, they are. There's not a lot, a lot of, of real estate. There's not a lot of real estate. And you to... don't have any text areas. You just put it on the image. Yeah, and that complicates things. Um, that's the probably, I mean, I understand they don't want them to be intrusive, and I agree that, I mean, intrusive ads don't work anyway. People don't want to see that. Yeah. But uh, it is challenging to make <laughs> something. It's also, I mean, it's it's good, too, because sometimes ad copy is what stops people from clicking. And so if you just have an image, you know, you just, but then again, you do have ad copy because you have to put ad copy You have on. to say how much it is and where it's available. And, like, you can't, I mean... That's what everyone does, and just cramming, being that efficient, and then still having something that is compositionally pleasing to look at yeah. can be uh, quite the challenge. So I'd say the biggest challenge of that is just getting started with your <laughs> the image you want to use. Yeah. Um, after that, I mean, the, how the interface works, making ads, copying ads, Amazon, listen to me. Copy the crap out of BookBub ads, please. <laughs> They're, how they build stuff. My goodness. They are, they're quite good, you know, they seem to know, they, they want authors to use their system. Yeah, and uh, Amazon does not want you to use their system. I'm, I'm not convinced that they do, honestly. They, they think they it's... They want you to, they, it's a money maker, so they, they make it confusing, and I, you know, I feel like they did that on purpose, you know, like, because BookBub had just, I mean, they had less money to work with, probably. They're not as big a company as Amazon, you know, and so, There's, but they made yeah. an interface that is user-friendly, you know? It's super user-friendly. It's really good. Um, there are a few tricks, which we can get into later about, some, I think it's not a trick, but, you know, just finding the lists of, like, people you want to target. Amazon takes days or even weeks. Yes, they say three days on their webpage for Amazon. Not true. Utter lie. Yes. Um, it can be question mark period of time. So 
Um, we'll get into Amazon ads yeah. um, in a little bit. but and, and we'll talk more about BookBub ads once we start tackling them more. You know, because yeah. at that point we'll have real rubber meets road experience and and hopefully success stories to share, you know. Yeah, but it's easy to copy their ads and then modify, edit, archive. You know, they're just very easy to manage. Like if you yeah. don't want to see things, you can just put it somewhere else. Amazons are in a giant list. Like Ugh. I've literally made. You know, Facebook is that way too. Facebook, they're all in a giant list. And it, I hate that. It's insane. I've literally make I I've made hundreds of ads, and there's just like a million different pages of ads in a giant list, and it's impossible to keep them straight and sorted the way I would like. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we're not talking about Amazon ads yet. So. <laughs> okay. So. I'm going to go on to Facebook ads, not my current experience, but just basically the mistakes that we've made and what hasn't worked for us. So my ads in the past, the ones that did not work were ones that would have, you know, bad ad copy, random images. So I found one of my old ads just to give an example for this episode. It's got, do you remember that it's kind of got the yellow leaf yeah. on the ground and then the creepy forest in the sky. It's a really awesome picture, right? But it doesn't tell people anything about the story. Would you agree with that? That's true, but it seemed to work at the time from other for other authors. They would just have like a nice stock image that was like random, and they would put words on it. Yeah, but what worked for other authors doesn't always work for us, and it well, didn't yes. work for us at all. And actually, I thought it was working for us, but I have gotten, I mean, I've gotten ads down so much to do so much better than that. You know, we have ads that actually give us a, a positive ROI now, you know? even directly on, on directly off, off, off that the one book you're selling not even just the series yeah not just a sell through which was what we were doing before you know and so anyway so i'll read the ad copy it said magic can be deadly dot 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 the exclusive five book fantasy series now available for a limited time click below to get your copy so that was what the ad copy said and then in the description for the ad you know the headline or whatever it said most thrilling fantasy series ever question mark and some of you will recognize that. I actually, back in my brand new beginning days when I took Mark Dawson's course, which I do definitely still recommend, by the way, um, his, he, you know, one of the ads that he was running said most fan, most thrilling series ever. And so I was like, hmm, well, that works for him. So most thrilling fantasy series, series ever. And I would say, I mean, my, my books are, I've had people tell me they're supernatural thrillers. You know, I've got thriller and horror elements in my books that... You know, so that wouldn't necessarily be misleading, but it's generic, you know. And then the ad copy, it doesn't say anything about my book. Magic can be deadly. Well, yeah, of course magic can be deadly. Magic, I mean, you know, what's the point of magic if it isn't deadly, you know? And then the exclusive. Since when has that box set been exclusive? Never. <laughs> it's never been exclusive. I don't know why I put exclusive. I don't even remember. Anyway, so the exclusive five book fantasy series now available and then in parentheses, for a limited time. My box set has never been available for a limited time. So it's never been exclusive. It's always been on all retailers and it's always and it's always available. And I think what I was doing was trying to create urgency, you know, for a limited time. But here's the problem. It's gimmicky. And if it's not true, I really have a hard time putting something in an ad that isn't true, you know? And so because readers can readers can they know they're smart you know sometimes they see the ads more than once and if they see that there's like tons of comments on the ad and the ad's been running for months then they know it's not true you know anyway so my ad copy now is is much better i i you know i i experiment between a whole ton of things um i've used so 
Facebook is really good for A-B testing now that since you brought up testing. Yeah, Facebook is great for A-B testing, and I actually talk about it quite a bit in, in my Am I Ready course. So if you want to learn how to A-B test and... What is A-B testing? A-B testing is, so basically you'll have two examples and you're trying to figure out which is the best one. Use Facebook ads for A-B testing. and You run two ads, you change one thing. Yeah. And you see if that one thing, if Works. people like it better on one side or yep. the other. Exactly. So. Anyway, so other things about Facebook ads or Facebook in general that don't work or haven't worked for me, I'm going to say group events. So parties and book launches. Uh, how much time do you think people spend on those and how much do you think they get out of them? I don't think they get anything. I think it's too a time suck. Yeah, I would agree. A lot of readers, I do know that some, some in the past, some romance authors especially or nonfiction authors have had very, very successful Facebook parties or book launches. But the amount of time people put into them and people, readers are burned out on them. And so I just don't think that they are worth the time that you put into them. And I don't think they're worth the money to hire somebody to do it for you. I, I think you're better off writing your next book. Yeah, no kidding. I agree with um. that. And then also, this was something I used to, I used to really, I was gung-ho about this. If you post on your wall every single day, more people are likely to see your posts, right? Because of the way Facebook's algorithms work. If you're active, then more people see what you're posting about. So my theory was if I post every day and if I keep, post about a lot of things regularly, then more people will see my book marketing, my book posts, which is true. However, I haven't posted daily or even weekly in months. And we make a lot more now than we did when I was posting every single day. And cause it's because the amount of time I put into posting, I'd have to read people's responses and I'd have to comment and it draw me down into multiple rabbit holes where I was just spending time on social media that was better spent writing a book, you know? Yeah. Or coming up with the next marketing plan or creating a Facebook ad or something, you know? Anyway, and then also along that line, I don't, I very, very, very rarely go in my newsfeed. I don't go, I don't click on the home button hardly ever because that's another rabbit hole. I do it when I'm eating lunch. If I want to see what's going on with my friends or families, families' lives, I'll do it when I'm eating. Um, so I need to take a break from work, you know, just scroll through it. Or if I'm looking for ads from other authors, just to see what other people are doing. Anyway, so that's Facebook. And then Twitter. Um, Twitter is not set up to market for small things. They like big business. Yeah. All of the advertisements I've ever seen on Twitter are for like tech stuff and like, you know, like business analysis software and stuff like that. Yeah. I've never seen any small scale advertisements. Yeah. And they're just, that's just not how they roll. No. They do have... They do have the mechanism, so you could do it, but I, I don't think that their algorithms are set, and their payout system is not also not set for the small amount of money that you really are selling them. Like a book is like a couple of dollars, and they're trying to sell tens of thousands of dollars of like software support services. Yeah, no kidding. And so, like a click matters more to them than it does to us. Yeah. I mean, I guess because like one click, one one sell through is like a huge deal. Yeah. And so charging like $100 for a click Isn't makes, as, makes yeah. sense. But for you, you're trying to sell like uh, your two ninety nine book. Yeah. And your your click is like a dollar and like 10 people, one in like five people buy your book. It's just not, it's not reliable. It's, it's, it's not, not economically feasible. It's not viable. Some people have had some success. But I, I kind of want to argue with that because I've ne I've very some people rarely... have claimed they've had success. Yeah, like I I would have to say um, 
one of my friends was like, oh my gosh, I love Twitter. Every time I post about my book, my rankings on my book go from 900,000 to 300,000. I'm like, so one person bought your book <laughs> and you spent two hours on that mark on that Twitter campaign. I mean, or even no person. I mean, if somebody posted a review, you know, you could get a jump that like that, you know? So, I mean, is it really, is it really an 80, 20 if, if you're trying to, you know, beef up your books on Twitter and Twitter studies have proven that people don't click away from Twitter. I mean, they will sometimes read articles, but they almost never click away to buy. And so if you use it as a way to keep in touch with your readers or with like friends, that's fine. Don't use it as a way. Don't expect to be making a lot of money off of it. And I will tell you right now, and not to, you know, be like, keep bringing him up, but Mark Dawson doesn't even recommend you advertise on Twitter because it's so expensive and it, it's not viable for authors. No, sell a house or something on there, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, something big, but not yeah. a book. Yep, exactly. That, that's the challenge with this marketing is that you have to sell a lot of books to make money. Yeah. I mean, if you sell if you sell a book for two ninety nine and you get your however much money that is, I can't think right now. A dollar forty something where is that? No. Two dollars and ten cents. Yeah. Less than that, because there's a delivery fee if your book is of any size worth reading. <laughs> that's a little harsh. <laughs> ouch, ouch. No, that's not true. Actually, I like short fiction a lot. Um, You know, and you want to make a million dollars, then you need to sell half a million books. It's a lot of books. Yeah. If you want to make half a million dollars selling houses, then you sell two houses. Or, you know, yeah. if they're, you've got to keep all the money. But you know what I mean. It's yeah. the, we need volume. We need low click costs. Yep. Or impression costs very very low because the margin's not there. I mean, well, it's not the not that the margin's bad. The margin's actually pretty good, but it's you know. And this is why having like a higher ticket item, like a box set, is really beneficial. But again, a box set, to use your analogy, is nowhere near a house. You know, you're not no, gonna. No, our, yeah, ours is like five ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, our box says five ninety nine, and we are making a positive ROI on it, but it's you know it's still, it's not a huge item, you know, so we still can't afford to have high costs per click, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and the people that do click have to buy. Yeah. So you can't just have like 10 people click and one person buy. You need to have five people click and one person buy or yeah. better. Yep. All right. So now we are going to transition to what we're focusing on right now. So go ahead, take it over. I've got questions on there for you to answer if you feel like answering them for Amazon ads, because that's what he does for me. Amazon ads, which have worked? Uh, which have worked? Uh, product display ads. Actually, explain which is which. Because okay, so there's two broad categories. Sponsored product ads, which you, if you've ever been on Amazon, you see million, dozens of them on your page. When you do a search. Whenever right? you do a search, they're usually below your product. You scroll down and there's like a whole band of them that you can scroll through. They've also been putting them up at the top when you do a search. They're at the top, like the top two listings and then the bottom two listings. And sometimes they've been putting them in the middle lately. Yeah, they like I was just noticing them today when I was buying. I forget what. I don't know. I was shopping for something and I was like, there's a crap ton of sponsored product ads on here. <laughs> it's honestly kind of off-putting Amazon. Stop putting so many on there, even though I use them. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. But they work. Um, even the untargeted ones I've had some success with so you can do for sponsored product ads there's two options there's one where you can choose the keywords you can have up to a thousand keywords 
Mm-hmm. And then there's one where it auto-targets and you just like let the little algorithm do its job. So I've had some success with both. Mm-hmm. The targeting ones are, the one the targeted ones are better, but it takes a lot of work to find keywords that people actually click on and then buy, you know? So I, I can get keywords that people click on, yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're going to buy the product. So it's kind of danger fraught, I guess. Yeah. Because like the ad has to be shown to the right person. That person has to notice it. They have to click on it and then want to buy the product once you get to your page. There's a lot of places where that gets lost. So yeah, where see, they can fall off the... So you get like ridiculous numbers of impressions like in a day. I, you know, I've had like 10,000 impressions. But like how many people even really pay attention to sponsored products? Especially sponsored products that they don't care about. Yeah. If it's not properly targeted, it's just going to show up in their oh bar. Oh my gosh. And gonna... Yeah. Some, the, and people complain about erotica romance authors a lot. Like... You know, my, so, I mean, I get erotica authors advertising their books to my kids, you know, to my kids' books and things like that. I'm like, they're just targeting everything. Yeah, it's... No offense to the legit erotica authors who actually do things the right way, you know, but because I, I know there are some, you know, but there are quite a few out there. Who yeah, are... th- there's like marketing abuse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's true. Like, you know, you've, you know, you've been, a, everyone's been approached by salespeople that are pushy. Yeah. It feels like that where it's just like this product's not even related to the product that I'm searching for. I like science fiction. Why is this, you know, like uh, elementary billionaire school. romance, billionaire, billionaire shapeshifter erotica book in here. I like I literally have never clicked on or read one of those. Why is it in here? It's because somebody's targeting the author that you like because they sell books. Yeah. You know, they're they're at the top of some list. And since they're at the top of a list, they put them in their advertising list, and this is not good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay, which have worked then, and which haven't worked? So I've I've gotten the only ones I haven't gotten to work. So that was sponsored product ads. Yeah, I have had some success with both of those. Some it's kind of random. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really hard to predict. I can make two ads that are identical on the same day, and one does great, and one doesn't, and I don't know why. Yeah. I don't so what anybody does a lot of people make multiples mm-hmm. of the same ad because some of them like they don't air quotes turn on like no impressions nothing and then the next one has like five thousand impressions and like a hundred clicks and like five people bought the book and you're like what the heck yeah. these are identical they're like one minute apart yeah I don't even know why that is probably the most frustrating thing about Amazon ads yeah because it makes it impossible to duplicate to you, you, it's very difficult to replicate your success yes. Uh, especially with the auto-targeted ads because you don't control like what's shown to because like sometimes it like it feels like it randomly shows somebody somebody something and if that random person clicks on it it sends it down the wrong path because then it's like shows it to more people like that person even though that person has nothing to do with your audience yeah exactly so sometimes you get really good success and i've gotten like way low click you know costs and way good impressions and then the next one nothing happens yep it's very frustrating uh Keyword targeted ads have done better, but accumulating the data is very difficult to sort. I literally used, uh, in order to get like 55 keywords that worked really well, I started with like five or more thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty typical for authors. Most of their ads will have 1,000 keywords and then they have like ten a set of 10,000 keywords that they're testing out. Yeah, it was, I don't even know how many. I mean, it was at least... I split the alphabet up and I think into at least five and then I did some other. So yeah, it's good for our, our listeners to know that Amazon, I mean, if you do a sponsored product ad, it's better to have thousands of, of keywords 
because Amazon will push that. This is the theory. Amazon will push that ad more than ones that have less keywords, but they won't push all of the keywords. Right. So like what's happened is I have a thousand keywords in there, but they're not all distributed evenly. Like one guy will get like <laughs> all the clicks and then all the other ones get nothing. So I remove that or one. No impressions. No impressions. I mean, so I turn that one off to like let the other ones breathe. Yeah. Especially so, okay. if one isn't selling. Oh, you're right. Okay. So even if, so if they get all the impressions and we get no clicks and no sales, like the Amazon cost. Okay. So the ACOXS is a useless statistic and is almost, you should almost completely ignore. Yeah. Because especially since like we've noticed that our ACOS score won't even show up until like six weeks after we stop an ad. Not six weeks, but a week, week at least two. Yeah. yeah it's not good because they say, uh, Sales should show up within three days. Yeah. And I've had ads turned off for like a week. And then finally it shows a positive ACOS. And I'm like, what the heck, man? And what's a positive ACOX? Uh, anything less than... So it makes it sound like like it's a, such a deceptive statistic. It's it really is. not a good yes. statistic. So it's if it's the percentage of how much you spend versus how much you sell. Not how much you make, how much you sell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I spend... Two ninety nine on ads, and I sell one book for two ninety nine. It will give you one hundred percent ACOS. Mm-hmm. You made back one hundred percent of your money. No, you didn't, because, no, because... you only get seventy percent royalties minus your delivery fee, so you made less. So seventy yeah. percent is closer to an actual one hundred percent. But then the delivery fee, so you want to be like sixty five percent or lower, right? If you're selling a single book and expecting to break even. That's but, why. But then again, series. the ACOS is so unreliable that. Yeah, because they don't report all of the thing, all of the sale. Like, here's the other tricky part is that, um, you know, I spend X dollars on ads and then I don't get any ACOSs or anything like that. But I see that my money, went, you know, like our sales went up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And then, but I was like, but my ads must not, it must not be from these ads because I didn't sell any. It says I'm not selling anything. So I turn them off and then it plunges to nothing. And like yeah. our sales plunge to nothing. So they must have been doing something. Because... Yeah. And anyway. tell, talk about the delay. The, the delay. Oh, so you happens. create an ad and then. Oh yeah. It takes a while for, like they say it takes up to three days to report. So a lot of days, you know, you'll wait for two or three days. Well, I mean the delay on sales. Like you create an ad and then we don't see a jump in sales for like two days. Yeah. It takes time. For them to, for the algorithms to fire up and start showing to people. And for people to start reading too, especially at pages read. Right. Well, I'll get to that when I talk to about the other kinds of ads. But, so that's the challenge. These are just sponsored product ads I'm showing. I'm oh, I thought you were talking about all of them. No, no. Uh, that, that delay makes more, some more sense on the product display side. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I guess that's in a nutshell, uh, sponsored product ads. Uh, product display ads are powerful because they show up on people's Kindles yeah, and other Amazon devices. So sponsored product ads only show up on the website, Amazon's actual website, I believe. Yeah, so like if you have a Kindle and you've ever like turned it on and you didn't pay to not have ads on it, um, you'll see some ads probably for books or other Amazon ads that people use on Kindles a lot, like music, I think. That's where those product display ads go. So it's very powerful. You've already narrowed that your audience down to people who like to read books on Kindles. And since you're not selling your books on Amazon anyway, people that own Kindles probably read more than people that don't have Kindles. Um, and they're probably, there's a higher chance that they are Kindle Unlimited subscribers. So you can go for page reads. So they can be very powerful 
if you can get people to click on the darn things or to get <laughs> them to display without costing a billion dollars. So they tend... Or just to display it all. <laughs> just to display it all, yeah. So it, that's there's there's a couple different ways you can have product display ads. There's So there's product display interest and product display product. Under product display product, there's two <laughs> categories. One is targeting categories and one is targeting specific products. So I haven't gotten those ones to work because it's weird. Yeah, the system is um, so complicated. I'm like, why do they why do they give you so many options for ads and then make it I I just think they're Yeah, so you can you can do you can do a product display interest. So you're saying like I want to target sci-fi books, right? But then you can also say you can also choose a, a product and target related products or tar target related categories to that product, which seems like the same thing to me. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I haven't, I've tried to experiment with some of those. I've had some limited success. Like, well, I've sold some books and spent a bunch of money, but <laughs> if you consider that a success, then I've had a lot of success. So when we first started doing Amazon ads, how much, how much money did you spend when we first started advertising Forsaken Prince? Oh, like $400 accidentally. In like one or two days, right? One or two days, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was great times. Well, I spent like 500 on Facebook ads before I realized that the book cover sucked. <laughs> yeah, so part of like, so part of the advantage of um, pro sponsored product ads is you can set a daily limit. So you can say like, I want to spend a dollar a day, which is really good because Facebook's minimum is $5 a day. Yeah, and Amazon's is so much cheaper. Yeah, so when you want to play around, it's not as deadly to your finances. Yeah. Um, and you can start having... I've had some success with dollar ads. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. um, you want to try and scale them, but I scale by making multiples of them, not by uh, upping their money because yeah. of how Amazon is. Um, the disadvantage to product display ads is that you have a budget for the whole thing. So if you say like oh, yeah. I have a hundred dollar budget, um, no, it they tell you you day. have to spend. You have your to minimum. Spend. Your minimum is a hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, you don't end up. You can stop at any time, so you don't end up necessarily spending your budget. But the problem is, is you don't see how much you spend until like a day or two later. Right, and that's such a huge problem because you don't know how many people are clicking on stuff. You don't know if it's successful or not. Like, because just because people are clicking on it doesn't mean they're buying. So you can have people click a hundred times overnight and nobody bought anything. And you come back and you're like, this ad's not effective. I can get them to click, but I can't get them to buy. Maybe there's something wrong with my page. My and then you find out that Amazon, Amazon will tell you like, oh, by the way, like that ad that you had running yesterday or the day before you spent this much on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's um, really frustrating. It's super frustrating. So why do we use Amazon ads then if it's so frustrating? Because that's like where people that buy books hang out. And we have had success. Like yeah, so it's hard to pinpoint the success, but we do, we see a jump in, in downloads and things like that. Yeah. I mean, Facebook, how many people use Facebook for what purposes? Right? I don't you know. don't, you don't buy books oh, yes, from I Facebook. Yeah. They don't sell books. They yeah. sell uh, eyeballs, right? Screen time. I yeah. mean, not specifically like jars of eyeballs. <laughs> um, Amazon sells books. So if you can advertise at a place that sells books, then you've already cut out all the people that don't buy books. I mean, they're at least trying to buy a product if they're on Amazon, right? If you yep. can get if you can get them to display on their Kindle, you already know that they read books. They read books that are on Amazon. Yeah. You, you sell books on Amazon, so you've gotten a very you cut out a lot of people's eyeballs that don't. There I am using like these horrible. <laughs> you cut out a lot of people's eyeballs. <laughs> Why am I doing that? I'm very tired, and apparently. 
getting violent. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, you you cut out a lot of the static, right? All, all like all these you know, pe- Facebook random people talking to your grandmother. Hi, grandma. Um, yeah, and you know. and also, I mean, Amazon ads—they're great for people in Kindle in Kindle Unlimited, and we do have a bunch of books in Kindle Unlimited, and we have seen a significant increase in pages read right. after we use Amazon ads. Uh, specifically product display ads. Yeah. Um, because they display on Kindles, and so people yeah. can just click on it and start reading right then. Yeah. And it costs them and, no more money. And I will have to say, like, it's just, it really is frustrating. So we'll go back through royalties. We'll, we'll notice that our pages read have gone down, and we'll go back through our our reports and say, okay, which ads were you running two days before this jump in pages read? So he has to go back, and he's like, okay, well, these ads, these ads, these ads. I'm like, all right, let's do that again, you know? Right, and it doesn't always replicate either, but most a lot of the time it does, and it things vary a lot because time the time of year it is. Yeah, you know, obviously during the summer we don't make as much as we do during the winter. Yeah, most are uh, most uh, most authors do not. Yes, it's true. Summer's so low low time for most authors. Yeah, so does it make sense to spend have the same budget on advertising? Probably not. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe you want to scale down, scale up during the holidays. I mean, you know, so even if you find something that works, that doesn't mean it's going to work. Every week of every day, even season to season changes. All right. Okay. So what are you focusing on? Which books right now of mine are you focusing on and why? Just so we can tell people what we're doing right now. Okay. So right now, Coven Chronicles, book one. I, I usually advertise book ones or box, or box sets with a book one in them. Um, getting people into the beginning of a series, any series. Yeah. Um, so they can just find your work, right? Right now... We just had a big book bubble motion on our box set for the Caton Chronicles, which is a 10-book series. Mosaic Chronicles. Mosaic Chronicles. <laughs> it hasn't been called Caton in two years. Sorry. <laughs> it That's used to okay. be called that. Uh, Mosaic Chronicles, because getting them to read, get them started on a 10-book series. Is, is golden. Is a big deal. Yeah. And your, AC, your ACOS, which is a number you shouldn't use, um, it's more forgiving. <laughs> you can spend more. Um, you know, because you're not just selling a single book; you're selling the possibility of a ten book series. Yeah. So you can there's. So you don't have to worry as much about how much, because once you get one person in, then you make quite a bit on them. Yeah. If your if your read through rate is good, which ours is, yeah. so it took a long time to, you know, get to that point. Yep, it did. Um, you know, with like changing covers and descriptions, descriptions and, and things and, like that, yeah. and um, stuff like that, just learning the craft uh, yeah. in general, but. So, you know, the chances of somebody going from book one to book two is quite high, you know, like 70% or something like that. And, you know, like 90 plus percent of people, you know, once they make that jump from book one to book two, it's like an over 90% chance that they'll go through Everything to the next else. book. Yeah. yeah. So getting them, book one is hard. And then, yes. then after that, it's kind of, the book is on it. You know, the book sells itself, I guess. Book two gets sold from book one. Yeah. So if they like it enough. Well, we kind of skipped, and we sold five books at once with, with the box, box set. set. Yeah. And it's slightly pricier than other books, five ninety nine than a single book. Not as It's actually really inexpensive as a box set. Yeah. But if they're willing to put down five ninety nine on a on a series they haven't read and get five books and read five books, yeah. the chances of them reading five more in that same series are pretty is high. extremely high. Yes. Yeah. So we can afford to have higher... Click costs. And it's interesting because my Facebook ad for the box set is 
does the best out of all of my Facebook ads. So I spend less and get more. <laughs> Which is amazing. It is. Anyway, I'm not focusing on Iowan on Amazon ads. No, he's not been doing the box set. He's been doing Shane I have Amulet, some. I have, some. Is... I have a few ads going to the box set, but yeah. I'm not pushing it that hard because we just had a book bub and the market's kind of like saturated right now. Yeah, it's a little tired. Yeah, and that happens. You exhaust your audience and then you take a break and move on to the next one. So right now, the thing I'm focusing on the most is... Shade Amulet. Shade Amulet, which yeah. is the new series that's ongoing. Uh, book three was just released. So... And Shade Amulet, that series... I, okay, if you want to know, it's really weird. Go go look at my books and Shade Amulet. For some reason, we seem to have got the formula right with this one. I mean, the tropes are almost all spot on, and this one sells itself. We very We didn't even have to market it in the beginning, and it would just sell without us doing anything. And so... It's kind of encouraging, you know, that... I think the, the book cover is to market better than some of the other ones. Well, the the other ones weren't written to market. So, like, Discern... Yeah. It's I mean, a, the cover itself. Yeah, the cover is an urban fantasy cover. Yeah. It screams urban fantasy. And the other ones, the, like, just Discern book covers are really, really good book cover. I get comments all the time on that, but it matches the book. People look at it and they know it's fantasy, but they're not sure exactly which theme of fantasy it is. And that's pretty much what the book is, you know? You know, anyway, so that one sells itself, and we've, it's really kind of, we appreciate that, yeah, um, We left it, so some, you know, some people do free books, some do 99 cent first books. This one's two ninety nine. Yeah. And it sells more copies than the cheaper books. It so does, it just, yeah. It sells more, period. So we, have, we haven't needed to drop it to 99 cents to hook people. We sell it at their regular price. Yeah. One thing I have noticed, though, is my, my regular readers are hesitating to buy it, and I think that's because it's a new series. All I mean, even your your heavy fans, they still hesitate to read new series. I I hesitate to read new series from my favorite authors. You know. Yeah, it is a it is a tie in series with um one of the characters. similar characters. Yeah, yeah, one of the characters is it's their story, um that kind of continues on after chronologically the main series. So, but it is different in tone. And it is a so, different character, so... Yeah, so my current readers, I mean, the vast majority of my current readers have never read it, but we're getting people who don't know me reading it, and then they go back and read my other books, and they say so in their reviews, and so... And their money's the same to me, so... <laughs> it would, it'd be nice if we could tap in more to the current people that already reader. like your books yeah. um, from the other series. Yeah. Well, we also haven't really hit this series very hard because I just barely read the third book. So I haven't been pushing it nearly as hard. We have two other complete series that I try to get people into because, you know, one has 10 books in it and one has six books in it. Yeah, and that gives us quite a bit of... And those crossover as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of other material, like complete series that I can, you know, because pushing people into book one of a what was a, before or last week, a two book series is pointless. Yeah, exactly. Financially. Yeah, it's, and, it's a very... I, and I went back and forth on that, whether or not it's pointless. I'm like, if... I mean, I know that I would say 75% of them, once they finish the books, they go on and read the other books, judging by yeah. what they say in their reviews. Right. Know? It's not completely pointless because, like, you want to be liked as an author for all yeah. the books that you do. Yep. So, like, once they get into your world, once they get into your style, you can get, you can make a lot of sales. So I have been selling, I have been pushing some Coven Chronicles. Yeah. Shade Amulet, book one. Mm -hmm. Um but not as heavily. I will start ramping it up when it gets to like book five. Yeah, we're then Amazon really ads will make it. more financial sense to start yeah. pushing because I just want to. I want to keep a constant stream of people to keep your position, keep your sales. You don't want to drop out. Yeah. In between releases. Yeah. Um. So you definitely should 
to it. But obviously, when there's a book release, uh, is when I I push things harder for the series. That the the even just the book one, not even yeah. the specific book, just that. Yeah, in our in our plan with these books, like I haven't even submitted this book to BookBub. I haven't submitted Forsaken Prince to BookBub, even though it's the first of a six book series. It's it's because I want them to have a little bit more time to to um, mature. You know, because like Discern's got 465 reviews and I submit it and they accept it, you know, and it's because it's got a six, a 10 book series, you know, and I don't submit Discern anymore because now I've submitted the box set at free. They're never going to accept Discern at free now that I've given them the box set at free, you know? Yeah, it's hard to top. It is. It is. It's really hard to top, but, and I won't be submitting that box set for them to them again for free, probably for another year, maybe even a year and a half, just because I don't want to oversaturate the market you know and bookbub's readers they fluctuate but i don't think they fluctuate fast enough for it to be as effective it's not like amazon where it's like there's there's the numbers are so huge that like ten thousand impressions is a drop in the bucket exactly and a lot of those people aren't even looking for your book anyway so yeah I mean. yeah and so shade amulet like my plan is with with our marketing plan we Forsake is the next book that we're going to be pushing. Forsake is part of the 10 book series, but it's a new entry point into the series. And so I've got a big promotion coming up on that one in the beginning of April. It's still in Kindle Unlimited. On April 14th, it leaves Kindle Unlimited. And I'm help, I'm, I'm getting my readers to leave reviews. Once it has about 100 reviews, it's at 53 right now. I've gotten about 15 in the last week or so. Once it's at, at 100 reviews and it's wide, I will be submitting it to BookBub as a probably a free book most likely a free book yeah that's a good idea because yeah. it's it's a prequel to book zero if you want to it is it's a it's a stand on its own novel you can read it without having to read read the rest of the series it's a full story you know in my it's not it is a prequel novel novel because it does take place before the main series but you can read it at any point in the main series and it definitely adds to the story and is a full story on its own anyway so and then Forsaken Prince, that whole series is in Kindle Limited right now. We're going to be pulling it out of Kindle Limited at the end of April because that'll be the six-month period, at which point we'll make it wide, and then I'll start working towards applying for BookBubs once I have enough reviews on it. Again, I don't I don't like submitting until I have about 100 reviews on my books. Anyway, so the Forsaken... Uh, and this was a relaunch, so we started back at zero. Yeah, we did. We The first book, which you can still see on, on Amazon, is... It's called The Key of Kalenia, and we had almost 200 reviews on it when I decided that I wanted to. We had 200 on it. We had over 500 reviews on the series to um, all combined, and we decided to relaunch it. We'll actually talk about that in a future marketing podcast, I think, why we did that and everything. But it sells really, really well now, and it, the pages read have dropped enough where I'm I'm thinking that it's we're going to be pulling it and putting that wide, like I said, end of April, so that we can start building. Yeah, you know, Amazon pushes things that are happening so like that that series is completed and we haven't released anything into it in a, and we can't because November. it's completed yeah because we released them all at once yep and so it's just going to slow like amazon's going to slowly cycle it out for newer releases just yeah. how they that's that's, that's how, how the algorithm work. works yep so that's why you know it's good to well obviously push your active series but you don't want to forget about your backlist but a lot of how your backlist gets sold is from your new series it is, is and then also running there, promotions so. through BookBub and other pr website promotions, promoters. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to talk about Facebook ads now just briefly. This week, today, I created Facebook lead gen ads. I based them off of a lookalike audience from my newsletter list that I uploaded today, 
and it's geared to about a million people. I turned off the one, by the way, that was at 41 cents per lead because 41 cents per lead I used to think is magnificent, but now I know I can do better than that. And I don't spend a lot of time with my, my lead gen ads just because they take more time to set up and so I don't tweak them as much. But I'm hoping, I've got these two ads and I've got two different ad copies in them and I'm going to compare them and see which one does the best and then turn off the other one or turn them both off and create something new entirely. Anyway, I've got those ones running right now and then this week we also increased the spend on the box set ad to $10 and this per is... Per day. Per day. This was one that was kind of magical. Before our BookBub promotion, I was running an ad to it just to get traffic going to it so that when I dropped it to free elsewhere, Amazon would pick that up. And they did. They picked it up really fast. <laughs> it was like within hours. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but the box set was selling and it was the first time. And I was like, I finally found for this specific book, which image, which ad copy, everything, what was working. And I was like, as soon as this promotion's over, we're going to start advertising again. And this ad, it's, I'm, it's averaged between 11 cents and 20 cents a day or per click, depending on whether I've recently raised the price, the ad spend on it. So when you raise the ad spend, it kind of temporarily messes up the algorithms a bit. So right now I'm at 17 cents a click because I just raised it to $10 a day. And then it'll dra gradually drop down as it starts to figure itself out again. Anyway, so that one, we have a positive ROI on that one pretty much from the get-go. And then we've got five more books for them to read. So, and then I also created two new Shade Amulet ads this week because the, the third book is out now. So it start, it's making sense now to advertise book one because, and as we've discovered, this book sells a lot easier than my other books. And so that makes it easier to make a profit on three books than it would have otherwise. Yes. So like Forsaken Prince, we don't make a whole lot of money off of Forsaken Prince itself. It's It was at 99 cents until earlier this week I raised the price of 299 and we're going to leave it there for a little while just to see how it does. And But it's a harder market to target because it's teen epic fantasy. And that's not a popular genre right now. Yeah, it, it was uh, up in there. Some weird categories like teen fantasy royalty. Yeah, no, it's... Um, which, yeah. how many people search for that specifically? I mean, they had enough to have a category, I suppose. But, yeah. you know, it was in like you know, way up in there. Yeah. But it's like, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> like, like you're, you're, you're in the top 10 and as a genre, nobody buys. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it has made us a lot of money, especially when we initially re-released it. Yeah. Um, so it has done well up to that point, but it's mm -hmm. starting to uh, sag. So. Yeah. And my Facebook ad for it is at 29 cents per click. When I first released it, released it, I was at seven cents a click. So, so I know that it's it's slowly it's cycling itself out even on Facebook, which means that it's it's got such a smaller genre, that such a smaller target audience, which is again why I'm going to push it, put it wide, and then I'll let it just germinate on the other retailers. I'll aim for a couple of promotions with the other retailers, with the um, the Smashwords rep guy and Kobo, and then and then like I said, aim for a BookBub promotion because a BookBub is a great way to rejuvenate a backlist. BookBub is the most powerful advertising. I know we book don't need thing. to tell you. We don't need to tell you guys you want to go Which get BookBub. You're, yeah, you're aware of if you're listening to this podcast. If you yeah. weren't, then now you know anyway. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, it it raises our monthly income by multiple times. Yeah, multiple, multiple, multiple times. This last one was really awesome, and it was like it was it was delayed because it's five books. So the the month of the BookBub, we made 
I don't... It was the later month that made more. Yeah, it was the next month. Anyway, so how much are you spending per day on Amazon ads right now? About 10, 11, oh, probably more like 11 or 12. Okay. Which during a, stat, a normal static period is typical. I, I usually spend about 300 a month, which isn't that crazy high. No. Mm-mm. Um, uh, I have gone as high as, uh, last month was the our best month, right? This year? February, yes, it was. Yeah, and that was, it was the, the, it, February was the best month this year. Of the whole year. <laughs> um, and that was taking advantage of the book bub high. Yeah. Uh, and we can get into the, that in another episode. Um, what to do, like, on the tail end of your, like, before and after book bub. Yeah, to make it How to prep before and how to take advantage after. Yeah. Because uh, we managed to drag that high out for quite a ways. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but honestly, when you look at our sales graph for the whole year, uh, it's like, from bookbub to bookbub and trying to tie them. Keep things floating in between. Yeah. Which I think, and then re, um, last year we only launched, I mean, Withhold was our first re- first launch and that was in July. It was a tough it year. It was a really hard uh, year. We've already released more books than last year. Yeah, we've released, let's Maybe see. Not, but... No, well, at the end of the year we released Forsake in October and then we released, the, the re, we relaunched the six book series in November. Then I released, I released four books in December two under this name and then two under my right, romance yeah. name. And we've released three books this year, including my two novellas. So, which did sell decently. I, I was surprised that people actually bought them because they were so weird. Yeah. Like weirdly uncategorized. Like, um, teen redneck comedy horror. Yeah. <laughs> which was really fun to write. Anyway. So I'm spending about 35 a day right now on Facebook ads that, that will go down to 30 a day once I decide which lead gen ad is working and then it will go up as I continue increasing the spend on my box set ad, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping that that will continue doing well. That's Facebook ads. I, I very rarely am able to increase the ad spend on them without it permanently damaging the ads. So some ads I just leave at $5 a day forever because they do well enough there for me to, you know. Yeah, their audience size is big enough that it's not usually there's enough churn. Yeah. Um, that's not as big of a problem. I mean, the more the more targeted you get, the smaller the audience is, and then you can only show them the ad so many times before they won't click on it anymore. Exactly. Or, well, Facebook actually just won't show them the ads anymore. And neither does BookBub, actually. That's something. Or Amazon. Yeah. Oh, BookBub, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so do you have any closing thoughts? Marketing's complicated. We had a really kind of messy overview of everything that yes. we've, th- we've done so far. Uh, we will get more specific and targeted, especially as you give us targeted specific questions yeah but as you can tell we've tried a lot of things and some of them worked and some of them didn't and yeah and royalties right now are almost completely based off of the advertising we are currently doing yeah i mean we do have a little bit of a book bub um high high still but the amount of ads or books that we're selling from the facebook ads it tells me that the ads are actually keeping us floating which i appreciate (laughs) Yeah, we haven't been doing this well after a book bub ad or ever before. Ever before. No, so it, yeah. We've managed to keep it going, like settle into a higher position than we were before. Yeah. Yes. Normally we would have returned to where we were before by now. Yep. So, so it's been almost two months. Yeah, actually, since, it has been since the 23rd, and that's this week. And we're like twice as high as we were before. And yeah. normally we wouldn't be there. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, I finally found an ad that will work for the box set. I mm-hmm. couldn't get people to buy it before. I could get them to buy my two ninety nine and ninety nine cent ads books and 
free, but the box set finally found a way to get it to work for us. So hopefully we can replicate with future box sets. Yeah. Yeah. Nice well, thing. I think we will just because I've, I mean, things have clicked for me with Facebook ads in the last six months, especially, I mean, in the last year and a half, since I, I updated my book covers, you know, since I got really, really good book covers. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. My Facebook ads that do well now are based 100% on my book covers. And so having a book cover that works is really, really important. Like the random covers, the random images didn't work for me. And I know they do work for some authors, but anyway, so that's something you, if you have a cover designer, ask your cover designer to create some Facebook ads for you based off of the book cover. Good advice. That way they won't be like, I click on this and then, oh, wait, it's something else entirely. Yeah, yeah. Some people do it I don't, and it works. I don't know how. Yeah, but. it's not me. <laughs> anyway, that's the point is to experiment. And we we spent, I've spent $12,000 on book Facebook ads so far in the last seven years, by the way. Well, since I started using the platform. And the that doesn't sound like that much. It doesn't sound like that much, but when you consider that most of that's been spent since I figured out, well, I don't even know how much, um, my, I'm just saying you need to set aside money to experiment and set aside time because you're not going to master Facebook ads or Amazon ads in the first day or week or even month, probably Yeah, I had not to, Facebook anyway. I had to spend quite a few hundred dollars before I could get stuff to work. Yeah. And that's with me like spending a lot of time analyzing what came out. Yeah, so, and Facebook ads, I, I would probably a thousand maybe before I started really seeing a benefit, maybe less than that, it might have been $500 because I did, did get a good ad for Discern that got us a lot of downloads, like probably 50 downloads a day on Discern for about a year, you know, and then my lead gen ad, I had a lead gen ad that was running for a year and a half that got us uh, 30 cents per lead for a long time, and I considered, I think 30 cents is good, but I can get it down to 20 20 cents now. So that's what I'm working towards anyway. So don't, I mean, persistence, persistence, don't give up, don't get discouraged. I mean, it's so, it's so easy to get discouraged when it comes to marketing, but and people, the, yeah, it's, it's almost impossible to see where things are coming from. Yeah. You can just kind of feel like they're going up and, or, you know, not. And then I guess, what does your heart tell you? Yeah. Is the best, be true data, to your heart. It's the best data of all. <laughs> yes. And, and then also people, people rush in hordes to these platforms. A lot of people say that Facebook ads don't work anymore and they're working really, really well for us right now. And it's been, it's been a couple of few years since the hordes were running at Facebook ads and Amazon ads. It's the same thing. You know, a lot of people are saying that they're just overrun right now. I, it's just, I don't know. Those of us who don't jump, I don't jump into advertising on a platform the first day it becomes, you know, viable or becomes a, a thing. Because I like to pay attention and watch what other people are doing, you know. I jump on other things really quickly first. But so, I mean, sometimes it just it pays to just watch and learn. But like the quote from last week, whatever. Do you remember what that was? Let me see if I can find it. Oh, yes, there it is. It says there's a difference between patience and avoidance. Patience is waiting for a good reason. Avoidance is waiting out of fear. So I'm, I'm patient. I want to wait until I can learn what's what's working for other people and then apply it. Uh, don't avoid because you're worried of wasting money. You are going to waste money, but yes, but marketing, that's what marketing is. Back in the day before we had the internet, companies would put thousands of dollars towards marketing and they would never know if it did anything or not. Yeah. We still don't know, but we know more than they do. 
Exactly. And we do get at least some data, even if it's not quite right. And we get a result within days. Before, they would get a result in six months, you know? Yeah. They send out flyers, and it would take six months before they could actually analyze how well those flyers did. So... It, so, takes, it takes months. Yeah. To, it, can t- it can take months to ta- finally tailor your ads, and that's not unusual. Yep. Even, was it Mark Dawson? He's like, some people, like, take my class, then, like, six months, nine months later, they're like, hey, you finally got it to work. Yeah, exactly. And that's after they took a class and spent quite a bit of money, which I'm, is worth it. It's an excellent course. I've watched them myself. Yeah. You know, where they were specifically taught, like, how to do it. Could you imagine how long it would take if they didn't even have a clue? Mm-hmm. and how much money they would spend, you know? Yeah. I mean, so even when somebody points you in the right direction, it, took, it takes months and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And if you want to make that, if you want to make thousands of dollars, tens yeah. of thousands of dollars, then you need to advertise. Yeah. And and again, don't let that discourage you. I mean, you're we aren't authors for a day. We're authors for a lifetime. And our job, our goal is to make a career out of this, not to make a hobby and so if it takes a few months, don't don't let that discourage you because you're setting a a foundation for a solid career, you know? Yeah, we're trying to adjust your expectations, I yeah. guess. Is a, a lot of people get discouraged because they want to see results right away and they don't. And it's it's just a long process. And it's you're dis- learning a new skill. Yeah, exactly. It's discouraging to hear that too. I know that. It's discouraging for you to hear that we're saying, hey. I've stopped. I've quit. I've turned them all off. And I watched yes. our money plummet. Yeah, and I was we, like, yeah. crap. They were doing something, even though it says there's no data anywhere. But yeah. I mean, honestly, the day after I turn them off, it, you know, our money cuts in half. And it's like, what the heck? Yeah, yep, exactly. Maybe not quite that dramatic, but you can see, watch it dry up as soon as I turn off these ads that don't have any data saying people are clicking on stuff. But yeah. obviously they must be. Exactly. And I turn them back on and the money goes back up. And you're just like, why? Yeah. It, it's, it, you know, I don't have any COS score. I don't have, you know, clicks. I don't have this, but apparently I do. Yeah. And... That's the best test is if you turn something on and then your money goes up. But it takes it takes time and money because sometimes you turn something on and nothing happens. And that's how you know it's a bad ad. Yeah, no kidding. So it's difficult. It takes time. It takes money. That's that's scary. It is. But, you know, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. I feel like that's like a song quote or something. We put the time into it. We make money off of ads. We make more money than we put into it. And that's that we want to help you guys get to that point too, you know. Not not necessarily on every ad all the time. No. But but we understand we can like in Facebook ads I can tell within um a day or two if an ad's going to work and then the ads that are going to work I can tell within a week or two if they're going to be really good, you know. Facebook ads you want if if you can tell they're going to work, you want to let them germinate because they actually don't start being really productive until they've been running for a couple of weeks, sometimes three weeks. Anyway, my voice is starting to give out. Do you have any closing thoughts? Any? No, that was it. I mean, that's that's, that's pretty much whole, it. That's the point of this. Is any that, reminders for them? Yeah, listen to this messy podcast of all over the place, and you'll see how difficult our road was to get to where we feel like we can actually talk about making money on ads. Yeah, exactly. And don't forget the courses that are on discount. I I do talk in my. Big Bang Promotions course quite extensively about running um, promotions, including giving tips on how to get your increase your chances of getting featured by BookBub. And then I delve deeply into, you know, what makes good, you know, how to know if you're ready. And I do that quite a bit in the free course as well. 
And then the big course also covers my promotions, the big promotions that we've run in detail and how to set those up on your own, basically mirroring mine. And then I've got courses on getting subscribers, on increasing your reviews, and then of course the automation sequence course. And I feel like I'm still missing one course. <laughs> but anyway, so podcast launch, uppercase letters, one word on selfpublishedstrongcourses.com expires March 24th at midnight, 2018. And we're going to do Megamind next for the podcast episode. And Megamind is a kid's movie, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you have not watched it as an adult, you need to watch it. It is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, a lot of the problem, you, you'll see. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll just see. It's so much fun. Um, a lot of the things we hate about other movies, they actually do properly in this one. Or like, yeah. they didn't do this. This character is boring because this. They actually bothered to give all of the characters an arc. Every main character. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm like angry at this recorder. I'm like getting like within it. I'm like, don't appearance. get too close because I can't edit that down. <laughs> uh, characters are interesting and they change over time. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. And they today. all have they all have struggles and then overcome them. Even the guy who doesn't need to have struggles has a struggle. Yeah. Like the invincible guy struggles. Yeah, exactly. It's internal, but it's, still. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And movie. then he works on himself and, and he changes. And it's so funny. It is so funny. So go watch it if you haven't watched it or don't and then just enjoy it through us <laughs> as we talk about it. Okay, so if you have any questions, email me at andrea at selfpublishedstrong.com and don't forget to support us on patreon.com forward slash strong, especially if you have specific questions, specific to you questions. All right, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.